Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, March 26th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour. Two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event production community to hear your stories about how this pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. It's important for us to keep talking, communicating, and sharing our experiences and ideas. Your stories let us know that we're not alone, and we love hearing them. So please send us your stories or your questions. Tell us what's happening with you. You can email us at producershappyhour at gmail.com, or better yet, record a one-minute voice memo, minute, minute and a half, and you can email it to us at the same address, producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. Also, please share this show with friends and colleagues. We want these stories to be heard far and wide within our community. So please share them on social media or tell a friend. Hey, Christian, we have a very special guest today. I know. Uh, when I say I'm very excited, I definitely mean it. Today we are <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Today we are chatting with Sarah Carter. She's a director, producer, and actor. You may know her from such shows as Smallville and Falling Skies. Yes, and we will hear about how she was in the middle of shooting an independent film, her own project, and she had to stop production when this pandemic hit, which is a, a big blow. And I'm sure there's many indie filmmakers out there that probably went through the same exact thing. Yeah, I mean, we have no idea how many people this affected. So, yes, I'm sure there were several. <laughs> All right, Christian. It's been, uh, it's been uh, well, we're on episode eight. Um, and then this all started a few days before that. How are you feeling? Um, today I'm coming to you from the couch because uh, I think I've thrown my back out. <laughs> oh no, you mentioned that yesterday. <laughs> I know it's only gotten worse. Uh, so so um, I may have had a partial gummy just okay. to you know deal, okay. take the edge off. But or or my I also woke up with a lot of anxiety this morning, mm. so it could be for that too. And I'm not sure. Do you know what the anxiety is based in? I mean, as, yeah. aside from the obvious, but what, as, I mean, what we, aspect? <laughs> it just, it, um, New Orleans, Florida, you know, it just, it seems like it's happening. And pe by people leaving New York State to get somewhere where they can possibly get health care because things mm. are overwhelmed in New York, they've been flying to Florida. <sighs> because we don't have a uniform type of, you know, structure or even policy about that kind of thing. People are doing exactly what Governor Cuomo said they would do is called state shopping. Yeah. Where if you need, and I don't blame them at all. If I was sick or a relative of mine was sick and we could not get them care and they were dying, I would absolutely go to a different state. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. there's no blame here. It's just more about people are getting a little bit desperate yeah. started. Yep. So that's what my anxiety is about. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how am I? Uh, you know what? Today, I, I today I'm angry. Oh, today I'm really. Have you felt that yet? Really angry, and I don't think I have. Mm -hmm. I did a bit. I I did a bit a couple days ago, and I'm just I'm getting back there again today. And again, this all goes back to that article we talked about. You know, th this is grief. One of the steps of grief is anger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm just beside myself about this whole trying to open the country back up on this arbitrary date of Easter. And and then yesterday, Pence was holding up the 15 days to slow the spread prop card that they have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't realize is they're considering this, unless I totally misheard this, and again, we're not journalists, guys, that they're considering this day 10. 
Yes. Day 10 and 15 to slow the spread. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking that, you know, they're hopeful or I'm going to reassess in five days what else there is, what else needs to be done. It's infuriating. And, um, <laughs> it's and not a long-term plan. We know that this is going to be long-term and it's not a long-term it's, plan. It's not. And then, you know, I, we woke up to this news of uh, all this unemployment filings. Mm-hmm. We uh, did. And it looks like that uh, 3.3 million people have filed for unemployment in one week. According to NPR, there's no occasion on record when this is uh, this many people had lost jobs. Basically, the last large record was single week in 1982, I believe, and mm. that was 700,000 in one week. Oh, wow. This majorly surpasses wow, that. Wow, I did not know that. Uh-huh. They also said this number will go up because all this mainly re- represented was the hospitality and service industries along with bars. So this isn't even counting gig work. I mean, it's so much higher it's than so this. Much this is. Um, and they also said that there were several unemployment offices throughout the country who reported that people were lined up for days to try to apply and didn't get a chance to last week. Oh, God. So, yeah, we woke up to that this morning. Too. And, 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 you know, the, the, these numbers were expected, obviously. Yes. Apparently, this yes. is what we have to do to slow the spread and stop the virus. So it's understandable. And companies can't survive. People have to stay home. They're going to lose their jobs. But there's mm-hmm. there's just the amount of uncertainty. What the, They announced it was a pandemic two Wednesdays ago, right? So we're two, we're 15 mm-hmm. days from when they, and nobody knows if they're going to get unemployment or severance or something, I think we just in that package that still didn't didn't get through the house, right? They do know we're going to get a thousand bucks. That's about that's about all we know. Mm-hmm. And we do know that some small businesses will get a bit of relief to keep, but the the business relief is mandated with needing requiring that you do not lay off your employees. Yeah. And so, so it's to basically to pay your employees. It's to pay empo- employees, yeah. I don't know. Not uh, all of it. <laughs> just and, just uh, a part of the package. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So yeah, anger. That's what I'm dealing with today, Christian. I think we could have been, uh, well, I'm never one to look back. I do love learning from my mistakes yep. because I feel like we don't grow as humans unless we do. That's- I will also, I'm really the first to admit on my team that I've made a mistake. <laughs> That's why you're a good because- producer, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'd rather just... Mistake was made. Let's How fix are we it. fixing exactly. it? Let's move on. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of, you know, excuses. Mm. And I feel like right now we're hearing some excuses. Yeah. And I wish it could just be like, okay, so everyone just dropped this facade. This is what we need to do. And these are the realities of why we didn't do what we did until now. Yeah. So, but I, I'm asking for something that's never going to happen. And that makes me angry too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thinking about money, we uh, have somebody who took our subscription challenge already. They beat us to it. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. Can I tell? Okay. Side note, yeah. Lawrence. Uh-huh. Do you know what I, so when I used to send out call sheet emails, yeah. um, w- the first person who would respond back, I would give something to. <laughs> that's that's and adorable. It would be, could have been something out of my kit. 
could have been something like you know a gift certificate somewhere. Well, a mechanical bucks. a mechanical pencil. No, it could. It was something like cool. Okay. Like I would All dig right. for a while and be like, okay, here's the cool thing. That's it's a funny. battery that we found on the last job or something. <laughs> something something cool. Yeah. Right. That was, or the leftover gift basket. Well, we'll have to send uh, Jacob right. a virtual so, something. Oh, so Jacob wins. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, <laughs> Jacob Patterson from the Think Tank Gallery. And the great company, he sent in a, a voice memo in one of our earlier episodes, a uh, friend, of, friend of the shows. He says, thanks to Producers Happy Hour for inspiring me to shut down or pause the following recurring payments today. Now, Christian, there is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek here, and uh, he went <laughs> above and beyond, but he listed them all on Facebook, and here's the list. Nice. Rent. <laughs> what? Rent. Subscription. Wow. Following recurring payments, he's canceling these. <laughs> Rent, phone bill, direct TV and HBO, the gym membership, mm-hmm. billing platform. Mm-hmm. Billing platform because he's, I think he means like. um, uh, Like an invoicing or a QuickBooks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Bank Got account. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I have well, thought of. Yeah. I know that mine charges me so much a month just to monitoring my business account does. Yeah. I know. So that's interesting. Something to ask Something about. Something to ask about. Uh, mm-hmm. DMV ticket payments. Stop. Stop paying. Them. <laughs> How many do you have? <laughs> I don't know. It's common. Wait, it's common Jacob. here in LA. <laughs> have, oh, okay. They okay. have a portfolio of like they'll come get you in New York. <laughs> oh, no, they just yeah. they just compound daily here. Mm. Uh, he already had shut down his newsletter platform. He puts on events, so he has a. I, I'm going to shut mine down. Ch- Mailchimp. Sorry. Bye. I'm downloading all my contacts and shutting that down. Right. Project management platform. So that's like a productivity app. Tomorrow, he's shutting down water, power, tax payments, storage unit, trash service, internet. <laughs> Man, he is, uh, he's, uh, he's doing it. I saw a sign in Silver Lake when we drove back a couple days ago. said rent strike. And I, and I think that's oh. kind of, uh, which I fully support, by the way. But I think that's kind of the tone of of what is kind of going around to the neighbors, you know, the community and the neighbors. Well, yeah, I think we talked about this. If the man who owns my building is getting a relief on his mortgage payments, yes, then that should be passed along to me. Mm-hmm. I The only power that I have currently is to ask him if that's true or if or to not pay. Yeah. Like he won't come to me and say, don't pay. No, no, <laughs> He's no. He's not that kind of person. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I did see in my mail overnight, my email, that there's an online petition started for that. So we can dig that up, folks, and send that, uh, put that on the, yeah. our resources page. Yep. Hey, so I follow Women's March on um, Instagram, Lawrence, and I saw something come across yesterday that was very interesting and very mm-hmm. um, to the point of who we've been interviewing. Uh, mm-hmm. it was basically, educating your kids from home. Support for trans. Oh. Yeah, I know. So it's support for transitioning to homeschooling in time of crisis. They're giving a webinar tonight, Thursday, March 26th at 8.30 p.m. It's too late for, I think, anyone listening to have joined Thursdays. However, I know it's going to happen again. So I know some mm. of the parents out there that we know are, I wouldn't call it struggling because we're all adapting pretty quickly to this. It's just like, you know, maybe there'll be a tip or two that will help you with what you're doing when it comes to teaching your kids at home because we're not teachers. Right. We, we didn't go to school yeah. for it and we didn't. We did not go to school for <laughs> if it. If we wanted to be a teacher, big, we'd be a teacher. <laughs> so. That's a big, uh, a big shift in responsibilities when all of a sudden you have to figure out how to homeschool your kid. Hats off to all the parents out there. Yes. Okay, we have a few more news headlines. One quick voice memo and then we'll get into the interview with Sarah. 
Fantastic. Uh, I saw an article today in Deadline that, uh, or actually last night, DGA says major studios have agreed to pony up for two weeks' pay for below the line members who lost jobs in the coronavirus shutdown. So does that mean um, second ADs? Yes. Second seconds. Yeah, below the line. DGA trainees. Non director mm-hmm. DGA jobs include assistant directors, UPMs, stage oh. managers, and production assistants. Obviously, you had it been on a job. Well, here's what they said. The leader of the DGA said that the major studios have committed to two weeks of pay for many, I don't know why that doesn't say all, for many non-director mm-hmm. members who lost their job because of the coronavirus shutdown of film and television production. The Guild has been fast-tracking residual payments for tens of millions of dollars. So you have this important source of income in your hands immediately. The Guild is also offering leniency on all dues for members who can't afford to pay, which, of course, they should do. All the the Guilds should be doing that. So that's a little bit of good news um, that somebody's somebody's put out in the world, the DGA. No, I mean, uh, we've reached out to the DGA, everyone. Mm -hmm. One of my old-time acquaintances, Sandy Foreman, who I think in New York is legendary. I think a lot of us know her and love her. She started the commercial trainee program, um, DGA trainee program here in New York. So she's fantastic. She she has forwarded our information on to somebody and hopefully they'll come on and talk to us about this. That'd be great. This is great. Fantastic yeah. news. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to something we saw on CNBC, Mark Cuban says how brands treat workers now will affect their brand image for decades. I really hope this is true. I really hope this is true. And this is something we... <laughs> I mean, we need to have a memory, guys. Yeah. And this needs to stick with us for a while. This needs to stick with us. And this is something that we kind of chatted with this about Susan yesterday. And that was, and that's about really finding out what the core values of a company are. How are they going to market their way through this? And what mm-hmm. kind of actions are they actually going to take to make a difference? Right. What are they saying and what are they doing? Right. And in, in that conversation yesterday, we were talking about, you know, giving back to the community or giving back to charities. Yes. But Mr. Cuban hits it even more on the head. How they're treating their employees right now is really going to make a difference. And it can really sink a brand, a company, if word gets out that there are unsafe conditions, they're being made to work too close together or without protective mm-hmm. gear. I think... Uh, We'll see a lot of fallout. I think that we should. And, you know, as always, as as a community, we have our dollars. That's uh, that's really what brands listen to the most. And there's so little amounts of money right now circulating in the economy. One well-placed or two well-placed boycotts, for lack of a better word, of a brand will make them change immediately overnight. Yeah, absolutely. Now, power to the people. Power to the people. Now's the time. <laughs> Vote. Yeah. Be, be really be really conscious about who you give your money to right now. I think uh, I think it's really important. Yeah. Who deserves it? Who deserves because it? Because you have so little. You have so little. We have nothing coming in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Christian, did you see this spot by Johnson & Johnson? This uh, this like early war spot about uh, nurses? I did. What did you think? Well, I mean, it's exactly what we've been talking about. It's the tone right. of, of of messaging that we knew mm-hmm. we would get pretty quickly. And I think I feel like there's no hard sale, right? 
Right. It's definitely um, highlighting something very important yeah. um, in our society, which is nurses. Um, they say the care given by nurses is so much more than what doctors do. And it's a lot of the nurses were responsible for some of the medical practices we have in place today when it comes to infectious diseases, things they learned, like it was a nurse who figured out a couple hours in the sun can help cure jaundice. And, you know, all these like kind of important moments of learning were because of nurses. They were doing on-site research. Doing on-site research. Yeah, exactly. And smart enough to write down or remember what works. Or tell and what people doesn't. what works. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. My question is, when the hell do they shoot this? It's a very uh, elaborate commercial. It is extremely elaborate. And I wonder if they were well, I would like to think, given the benefit of the doubt, and if anybody worked on this who is listening, let us know. Yeah. And giving the benefit of the doubt, I'd like to think that this was something that they had in, you know, that they were working on anyway to praise nursing. Yeah, I hope so. And was able to change the words in the voiceovers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But it does feel pretty on the nose. And this is not stock footage. (laughs) No, it's not stock (laughs) footage. Because I've noticed some stock footage stuff going up on yeah. Yeah, which so. is going to happen. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, if anybody worked on this commercial, we'd love to know more. When was the shot? Was the virus already a problem in another country? Right. And it was shot here, maybe for that country. You know, maybe it was meant for Italy. I don't know if Johnson & Johnson has a product in, They're in worldwide. Italy. They're yeah. worldwide. Okay, so mm. maybe it was something like that. I, I don't know. And then they realized it came here and they changed the voiceover for here. And I don't know. I mean, I again would like to give the benefit of the doubt for sure, because the messaging is pretty spot on right now and pretty pro uh, women too. Yeah, which is great. I know. (laughs) Well, so, well, um, since you've mentioned this, I saw one by USAA, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, a a very large insurance banking company that handles military. Mm -hmm. I noticed one today from them that is, you know, we're all in this together ad, but it's all their reps what look like they're reps from across the country um, sending in video submissions with them talking. Oh. Which I thought was a pretty interesting, I, I thought it was a actually pretty unique and innovative way to put out a spot right now. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to, I think her name's Katie Morgan, who gave us a, sent us a voice memo yesterday. She's trying to create content. She's having all of her students film themselves on their iPhones and send them in. And right. you're seeing kind of a lot of these kind of compilations of people at home contributing some kind of content and making something out of it. So that's interesting. What was the tone? Um, The tone was like, if you need something, let us know. If you have insurance with us, let us know. You know, like if you need help with your mortgage, car loan payments, let's talk. It was just a very, we're here for you. Yeah. Because they handle so much of the military and they just yesterday said that, uh, you know, have a stay in place order for the military worldwide for two months. Yeah. Which is a whole different ballgame. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the military is a, is the largest employer of, you know, the U.S., and they have the most mobile, um, the moving parts to shut those down are, is like shutting down this country. It, it is. And I guess the point is, they are the ones on the front lines that have to protect us if, if there is a problem, so they have to stay right. healthy. They should not mm-hmm. be traveling. They, they shut down the travel early on, but this is like, you're, you are where you are. No one's moving. I agree with that. You're kind of at the mercy of what you're being told to do, Um, whether you're in safe or unsafe situation, you have to make it happen, whether you're separated from your spouse or not, whether they've been transferred and you just had a few things to clean up and we're leaving tomorrow. Too bad. Like, 
military life is a completely next level. So yeah. um, I really feel for those folks. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw this, Christian, but we didn't mention this on the show, but this was last week, I think. Uh, McDonald's Brazil, well, their their mm-hmm. agency, DPZ&T, they separated the Golden Arches. Did you see that? What? No. Yeah. You know, the Golden Arches, they touch. They literally, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm showing Christian on the video monitor. They literally <laughs> separated them like this. Right. So th- to kind of show social distancing. Oh, which I thought was interesting. That well, was kind of the first major marketing things I saw happen is changing the logo. And they changed the logo logo on all their social media to separate. You know, they're apart from each other. And that concept is, you know, separate for a moment so that we can always be together. So that's, that's their approach. But guess who did not like this? McDonald's? <laughs> Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Yeah. So an article came out. This is a little bit old news, guys, but I just caught it. An article came out in Ad Age by... And Christine Diaz. Hello, Anne. I've met her before. <laughs> that he, in one tweet, he took this whole thing down. He said, McDonald's, give your workers paid sick leave. And then... I did not hear about this. And then they instantly put the logo back the way it was. They ended the campaign. Oh, wow. A few days after. Well, Brazil's going through a bit of a tough time right now because they're not taking it seriously yet. Oh, really? I, I, I yeah. haven't followed. I mean, just going to... Throw that out there and let people look it up and think what they want on their own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, um, that's, uh, that's a, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it would be lovely if that would happen everywhere, if Bernie or whomever would tweet <laughs> and we could fix this, but it's not, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm happy that that was the end result. But I think that's um, kind of to mark Mr. Cuban's point. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying how they treat their workers. But I think it's how everyone's behaving right now. It's like they're doing a marketing message like that. Why aren't they just opening up whatever McDonald's near schools should be opening up giving kids free lunches? I agree. I mean, their their profit margin is huge. And their Massive. employees that need the unemployment are the make the least amount of money yeah. in – the store. So and it's kind of nuts because, you know, Burger King just is now offering free um, kids meals. Oh, good. Are they? I didn't hear that. That's... Well, it's it's not quite, you know, sure. opening up and yeah, giving yeah, it yeah. out. But it's basically if you order dinner from, you know, Burger King, because they all now, it looks like Domino's and, you know, Popeye's chicken. <laughs> they're all offering their own app with their own delivery service yeah, now. So right. you don't have to go through DoorDash unless you want to either way. But if you go through Burger King's app and you order a meal, you can get a free kid's meal with it. That's great. That's great because there's so many families that rely on the school meal to feed their kids. They can't afford another meal or two or three if they have multiple kids every day. So that's really important. And I think to Bernie Sanders' point, you know, he'd rather see that kind of action for McDonald's rather than you know, some some than an ad campaign. Than an ad campaign. <laughs> yeah. But we're I gonna see agree. we're gonna see this. And, you know, everyone's got their own opinion on what works and what doesn't. We'd love to hear our audience's opinion. You know, Christian and I have been in mostly commercial filmmaking for most of our career. So I think, you know, we definitely have our own opinions about marketing yes. messages. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I certainly have said in my career, like, I don't care what the next job is. They're paying my rent. Yeah, I know. Um, but then there are some projects that you get on where the creative is so, uh, well, I know it's only happened a couple of times for me, but the creative is so off that I, I would, I, yeah, you know, was uncomfortable taking the job and did not. Yeah. So that's just a, a tiny little step onto the high moral ground that <laughs> I, know. I may or may not have the right to take. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's advertising. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a tricky beast. I think it can be done better. Always. On the on a basis. Always, yeah. yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. And especially now. Um especially now. So okay. Yes. Moving on to voice memos. Okay. Now. Very exciting, Lawrence. This is this could be the most exciting thing that's happened yet. What's, we have a voice memo from Michelle Stern from New York. I, Mich- I <laughs> Michelle love is, Michelle Stern from New York. <laughs> Michelle is one of mine and Lawrence's favorite people in the whole wide world. And I think that uh, we just keep making sure that she loves me best. <laughs> wait, wait. That is not that is not what I heard. I think. I mean, I think she tells you you're her favorite, but in the end, she tells me that too. So, Michelle, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm give you favorite. a call. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about this, Michelle. Uh, all right, all right, let's take a listen. Hello, Lawrence and sister. Hope you guys are all right. This is Michelle Stern. My home base city is New York City. My job title is producer. I produce theater, I produce events, and I am a show caller, and I um, do pretty much everything in between in production. I'm a freelancer. I am not working. I've had all my jobs canceled since um, I think I last worked at the end of February. I have no work in the future. I, I am, How am I using this time to stay positive, productive, and focused? Well... I would like to say that I'm doing those things. I'm trying to exercise every day, keep my kids in online school. I'm out of the city, in the country, which is hugely helpful. Um, It's easy to take walks every day. I'm looking at jobs. I fixed up my resume, but as you know, there's, there's nothing happening right now. Advice. Well, I could say this is advice for other people, but I'm mostly trying to give it to myself is to just schedule some time where I'm reading the news, schedule some time where I'm looking at jobs or trying to communicate with people online, and then schedule some time to harass my children. That was offered by my child. (laughs) And then I'm trying to remember to, you know, use some of this time to do all that stuff I never have time to do, like um, knitting and playing chess and doing puzzles and, oh, prepping. I'm prepping for, you know, like the the total breakdown of society. So I've started my research on that. Um, okay. Hope you're well. I'd love nothing better than to have a cocktail in my hand and be chatting with the two of you. Bye. Oh, Michelle. Uh, I want to be we, having okay. a cocktail with you right now more than anything. Schedule, <laughs> schedule her in next week. We need to talk to her because I think that... Um, well, apparently we can schedule I, her, her in for Easter. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I guess... <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> um, I think that she... Oh, she's She is... Uh, she's talking to the side of me that is ultimately... That's what I want to be doing. Everything that she said. Yeah. I want to be, oh, I'm going to catch up on this bit of, you know, sewing or I'm going to put a puzzle together because I'm super really good at it. So is Becky Morrison. And we, you know, just to do anything like uh, I'm going to start a garden, but not until, you know, May because of the frost up here. But there's so many things I would I want to do, too. But I'm also torn with the other parts of it. So balancing the two, I think, is what. Yeah, I, I was talking to Marie Perry from Gersh yesterday. Uh, love her. Uh, love she, me some Marie. Yeah, she uh, 
liking her response to something you said. It's like, I shouldn't be reading the news this much. I shouldn't be just looking at social media. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, I'm so worried I'm going to miss something. Yes, the anxiety know, behind that. Right? So again, this goes back to this all just keeps playing on top of itself. But why am I not, you know, learning to play chess or knitting or doing something like that? Because crippling anxiety. Anxiety. Because <laughs> your brain won't let you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are, we're thinking again as producers, and I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate that no matter what, you know, uh, crew member or uh, company owner, whomever you are, you can relate because we all just want to fix things. That's why we're in this business. Yeah. It's a, I mean, freelance is a very hard breed of people who are tough and can get shit done. Yep. And um, we're sitting around looking and saying, well, how can I, what, what can I get done what right now, do? you know, yeah. or, but also too, like, hey, I, I would love to be the person who isn't in charge for once, but feel like I'm getting proper leadership. Yeah. Yeah. It's both. Oh, but honestly, so I mean, both. it's really hard for us to be okay with not feeling in charge. I know we say <laughs> I'm we, always in charge. Just I know so we, all know. <laughs> we say we want to, but really we don't. We don't want to. Oh, we don't I, I would. I would take this over in a second. Okay, I want to mention again. I know that sounds crazy. (laughs) I'd vote for you, Christian. (laughs) Um, We need to mention again the three links on our website, producershappyhour.com. Yes, two of them are pati- <laughs> sorry. I was excited. I was thinking about my political career. Yes, two of them are petitions to yep. implore the government to include film industry and event industry crews in financial and relief packages. And the third is a form letter for you to send to your state officials asking them to include freelancers in financial assistance programs. So get to work, people. It'll only take you all of 10 minutes. And I can say that pretty soon these petitions, as soon as this first relief package passes, we may have to move on to different petitions just to continue to get the second one passed, which we know we'll need. Yes, yeah. exactly. All right, let's get to our yes. interview. Sarah Carter's television career includes appearances in Wolf Lake, Dark Angel, Undeclared, Smallsville, Final Destination 2, Mindstorm. And she was Maggie on the TNT series Falling Skies. Just before the pandemic hit, Sarah began principal photography on a feature film she was directing called His Wake. Let's take a listen. First, thank you for spending some time with us chatting. And I want to find out how you and your family are doing personally. Thank you. It's so nice to talk to you, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> like, likewise, likewise. We're feeling uh, like this is a mixed blessing mm. uh, yeah. because we're people who are so busy all the time. And when we're not, you know, employed to work for 12 to 14 hours a day, you're always feeling like you have to be creating as an artist, right? So you have to put in yeah. your time as a writer. You have to put in your time, right. you know, reading and researching and for me as an actor it's seeing what's out there reading scripts and so I really don't know if I have ever in my life felt this grounded and connected to family and not just the family that's in my house but my you know I'm facetiming with my mom a few times a day she actually put our daughter to sleep over the iphone the other day just to kind of give me a break we we don't we don't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and so I think there's a lot to be said for us, at least. And and I know girlfriends of mine who have you know some issues in their family too. That's an interesting discussion mm-hmm. that you're like forced to deal with 
your family issues as well. You have to, there's no escaping it. You can't not find a way to be peaceful with each other when you're sharing yeah. space. And I think that's happening around the world in a big way. You know, we have to find a way to be generous with each other and kind. We don't know when this is going to change. And uh, it is doing sweet things for humanity. We're talking to our neighbors. Normally we don't talk to our neighbors and everybody's <laughs> going for walks every day. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I like to believe I read this great article that Bill Gates put out mm -hmm. a couple of days ago. Did you guys see that? I did not yet. I, I, I haven't, I want to read mm -hmm. it. I want to go back and read that. What did, what was the, what was well, the, I'm just talking about the spiritual meaning behind this, you know, pandemic, um, mm -hmm. that the earth is healing and people are having to buy locally or thinking about it at least. And, you know, conscious of how much we drive our cars and conscious of, how much we avoid our families and busy ourselves unnecessarily and you know what is essential work and if you are someone who doesn't have essential work have you been taking the essential workers for granted mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. know now it's time for people who are responsible for our foundation to really shine and it's humbling you know as an artist and really inspiring as an artist actually to just take a step back and not feel like um, we're the ones pushing this culture forward because it's pretty backwards, mm -hmm. I think, in a lot of ways, you know, that we idolize what what we see on television and film and what and who we see, like these all these reality shows, people just constantly exploiting and putting out when mm -hmm. uh, underneath all that, if we just relax into what is that's where the depth is that's where the real stories are that's you know absolutely what we need to be reminded of badly right now i agree i think that um there's a lot of um need versus want as well and i think we're going to learn a lot about ourselves i i would hope anyway that um what you want isn't always you know a need or vice versa figuring out how much we can live on and need is something very, uh, I, I hope it happens <laughs> because a lot of the extra is just wants. And I'm excited to, I'm excited like, to do the work. I want to. And watch the films that are born out of this right. time. Our film, you know, it's really interesting. We, we stopped at exactly the halfway point and I'm just in a fortunate position where my husband is a fantastic editor. So we're able to go through the footage that we have mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we haven't, we haven't gotten through it yet, but well, to have this time to like make the story deeper mm -hmm. as we connect more to where we're at right now and, you know, find the tones and see where these characters can go with this new perspective. It's, it's, well, could you tell us a little bit about the project? It's called His Wake and it's about an artist who is extremely uh, self-centered. He's a megalomaniac, um, <laughs> but one who is celebrated um, and, you know, he lives this 
life of he's a bit delusional and people look up to him. He's he's almost got this cult following of young hipsters and he doesn't ever have to look at the destruction that his personality created in his nuclear families. It's a story about that process of being with a terminally ill family member who has destroyed your life in a lot of ways, but then coming to this like beautiful place of forgiveness and appreciation. And it's quite profound and actually delightful because it's in the world of high art. It's, um, you know, visually kind of stunning. And uh, that's always fun. (laughs) Now, Sarah, it must be a completely different experience uh, compared to because what, you know, Christian and I, we mostly work in in commercials. Advertising. And (laughs) advertising. And uh, so, you know, those projects, they come, they go. We're we're they, they pay our bills. We're not connected to them emotionally. So it, Christian and I both have had a bunch of jobs cancel, and our calendars are empty. So it must be a completely different experience to have a project of your own, a passion project, especially an independent film, to be shut down when it's your own labor of love and something very special to you. It must be a much more. I mean, I, don't, I know you can't compare it to what we do because we're we're living our own experiences. But how has that affected you to? to kind of have all that work that you you build up to get to the moment of actually shooting this thing and then have to stop yeah it was eight months in the making and a blessing is that I was I've been collaborating with two other women so Mm -hmm. the three of us have been sharing the weight of uh, producing it creating it pushing it forward and we're also sharing the weight of having it stop and also like keeping our spirits going so that when we're ready, there is something that we'll be coming back to. So to not be doing it alone is a blessing. Yeah. Just for myself, um, I have been wanting to direct for a very long time now. I was, you know, wanting to direct a, I was on the show called Falling Skies as an actor that went for five years And one of the great things about being on a show for that long is you can shadow directors and then Mm -hmm. they'll give you an episode of your own. So I was going down that train, Um, but that didn't happen. And then just with my band, we would do our own music videos. And so I, I felt very close to it. And then my husband, Kevin, went to USC for film school. And so just by living with him, I'm hearing and you know watching all the best films and I helped to produce his first film that he wrote and directed a couple years ago that's hopefully going to be coming out this year Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been like right in it and then this was my moment where you know a girlfriend brought me this opportunity and said yeah I feel like you need to direct this this is your story to direct Mm -hmm. I can't stop thinking about you to direct this so I didn't actually I didn't. I didn't write the first draft of this script. I uh, ended up rewriting the whole thing, but um, yeah. but it was actually a project that was brought to me, and I had spent years on my own script that I was set up to uh, direct, and I worked up to producing it right before um, my baby was born. Right. Um, and then finances fell through right at the end. So this was like, I, I don't know what my karma is around this, but it's like, oh no, 
right. Um, so I feel like this film, because it was brought to me, it's, I've never felt better in my life. I've never felt more right placed in my career for our whole family. This is absolutely what we're supposed to be doing. So in answer to your question, on one hand, it's totally heartbreaking, but I feel like I'm really strong now. And like it, it I don't know, it, it, it just, I'm just going with the flow of it. I'm trusting the process because I've been through worse being an artist and not seeing things through to fruition. There's this place in me that's just completely committed and that has faith that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and it will happen. It's just a matter of how and when. So yeah, when it's your baby, it's everything. It's like, it does, it does feel like your whole life. And it is your whole life. It's your resources. In this case, we're shooting in my house. And uh, oh wow, in- <laughs> <laughs> it's my family. Um, I don't know. It's like it, there's no separating. It's like it. you're living it. I am living, and yeah. I'm still living. And I'm sure. Well, I'm sure you feel a bit of responsibility for the crew too, because you became so close with them, and the contributors. I do. They're thinking I need to check in on everybody, see how everyone's doing. And it's absolutely true. Yeah, because you become a little family, especially in, 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 in you know, independent film. Mm-hmm. You become this, like, little war family. You're going to get this project <laughs> through. It's going to make it see the light of day. And then, you know, then you feel this responsibility of, like, uh, they put all this work and effort into it. The it, emotional you know, investment. Emotionally, mm-hmm. we have to get to the finish line at some point and keeping that morale up must be a part of what you're going through yeah it's a huge i think because it's being a leader that's that's the the producer in me as well is um Mm -hmm. kind of fascinated by this process that this is what my my experience has been so far i just don't think there are any mistakes and oddly i'm cut out for this i'm just finding that I'm able to do it. I'm able to stay connected to everybody in the project and I'm able to um, not drop the ball and I'm able to, you know, ask for what I need and um, find creative ways to fund the project. Right. I'm sure. It's so much work, but it's work that I find really inspiring. And I think because I'm also a spiritual person, person Mm -hmm. there's so many miracles that happen in this process Mm -hmm. it just really leaves no room for doubt that there's something bigger at play when you're entering into this kind of work there's just no way this is not there's no way that these things can happen unless there's something you know just magnetic that's beyond Mm -hmm. about the story itself and I don't know what that is. I don't have the answers. I'm certainly a mystic. I'm not like, I don't have any like strong belief system, but I do feel, you know, we have an owl in the movie. And since the movie's been shut down, there's been an owl at our house, like hooting around. Like, there's- no, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I hear you. I feel you. The owl's there. <laughs> How does it feel there right now? It's um uh it's pretty empty although I can say that uh <laughs> you can hear in the morning around 6:30 cars like flying down the streets. So it's definitely empty here, which is good. It's supposed to be. Yeah. I just listened to 
a doctor from New York who's who's working in the um, I think like the main COVID hospital, mm-hmm. and his information was actually really helpful in terms of getting into the science of the virus and that they feel like they're making headway in terms of how people can protect themselves and like understanding how the virus actually works. So I just finished listening to that. So I'm mildly hopeful, but he said that this could go on for a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of theories out there right now and I know there's a lot going on in New York. So it feels like a shotgun of information every time you turn on the news, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's it's like just in terms of this conversation, him saying that this could go on for a year. I think filmmaking is one of the most impossible things to continue with in terms of keeping safe social distancing and you know people feeling safe on set generally when there's anything like this around. I mean, dealing with that on our set as this information was just emerging. We were working for, I guess, two full weeks. And for one of those weeks, we were fine. And then the next week was all about managing mm-hmm. people's fear around the virus. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, we had to shut down. But um, And when did you shut down? Was it last week or the week before? Yeah, we shut down. I mean, there were things leading up to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm a mandatory shutdown that made it crystal clear. But prior to that, it was becoming obvious just with the individual stories on our set that uh, it was not morally correct <laughs> to keep going. The, I mean, I had that conversation with my with a lot of my crew members because um, we filmed on the 7th in LA and then we were supposed to film last week in LA. And by the time it, it, uh, last week, I mean, we canceled the Friday before last, there was just no way. I mean, it was a very, uh, it was half moral, half, you know, we can't guarantee that the, you know, permitting office won't pull our permit or they won't say now instead of 50, it's 10. Like there's just no promise of what we can offer. So we suggest you cancel for the benefit of, you know, everybody. Yeah. And I think what came up for me as a human being and as an artist was wanting to be a part of what's happening for humanity in a really grounded way. I think just as a sensitive being and as a storyteller, it went against everything that I live for and stand for to not be one with Mm -hmm everybody as we were going through this. So we went through a process where every morning, and this was before the virus, but Mm -hmm. I would bring the crew together every morning in a circle before we'd start. And we just kind of take a few deep breaths together and get grounded and focused on what we're about to do, feeling um, in touch with why we've all decided to be a part of this project, just getting people as conscious Mm -hmm. as possible. So it was interesting to have that be part of our process and then to have the virus kind of come into that and have people obviously bring all of their different experiences and relationships. Two of our crew members had um, parents that they were taking care of. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Oakland and San Francisco shut down before LA did. And one of our crew members was taking care of his mom Mm -hmm. in Oakland. And, uh, you know, he just left and we were able to replace him. But then it was just a fascinating dilemma because the sweetheart who replaced him was, you know, living in Koreatown and taking public transportation. Our, our group had been, you know, like we essentially felt sort of safe in quarantine because we were coming to set and then we were quarantining at home and we thought like, well, if we all get it, you know, that's one thing. If we have it, maybe we already have it and there's nothing we can do. And then this new person comes in and everybody just felt fearful. Rightly so. Yeah, rightly so. Exactly. Um, You know, just I feel like we in our little film, we came up against every problem that you could possibly imagine. We had an actor flight who was on a show in New York Mm -hmm. and we had to fly him from JFK and his management was, you know, urging us not to. Um, He felt totally committed to the project. His fiance was in Los Angeles. And so he had personal reasons for wanting to make Mm -hmm. the trip. And, you know, it was just this really... That edgy process of like, do I feel okay about being the one who is putting him on this flight? (laughs) I said, you know, like it has to be your decision completely. Then one of our actors had uh, a daughter going to school in Paris. Oh, and he was not anymore. (laughs) Sort of at a more age. Yeah, so he actually got her on the last flight back. But um, wow. So interesting. Like we're we're really in home life in a way that as as a an actor, um, I've honestly never really had this kind of time at home where it's like an indefinite period. I'm not waiting for my life to be uprooted at any moment. Um, I right. know definitively that I am going to be here mm-hmm. with my family without help. Like you know. We're used to nannies and housekeeper, and um, it's a very privileged life in a lot of ways, but it's also a life that has a lot of unknown in it, being an artist, mm-hmm. being a filmmaker. Um, obviously, my, my husband's an editor by trade, and um, we're both directors, producers. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we make our own projects, but I make my living as an actor, and he makes his living as an editor, which is just day-to-day, moment-to-moment, you don't know what job you're going to do next. You don't know where you're going to have to freelance, uh, Mm -hmm. get on a plane to move to. And so both of us feel, in some ways, just really uh, thrown and blessed. And we have a two-year-old, and all of a sudden we're just with her every moment of every day, Mm -hmm. and we're cooking meals and eating meals together, and and it's foreign to us. Uh, I was just going to say, how has this affected you as an actor? I know, you know, you've been busy for a while with this project, but what's that experience like? I I don't know if you had any uh, projects coming up or any any roles coming up. What's what's been your experience in in, in that regard? I'm lucky. You know, I, I reached a point in my career where, you know, I'm not a huge actress, obviously, but I do have stable work and I do get calls and offers for movies of the weeks and independent Mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to turn down some of those offers that are like paycheck jobs. 
and and happily i'm i'm grateful to be doing something that means a lot to me and that can really be pushing my career forward i feel like i'm in a fortunate position that i can afford to say no to some of those things i was already in this mindset of making directing and producing and writing a priority so that i love acting ironically i love it mm-hmm. more than ever having um taken some space from it I'm in the theater constantly and um as a director I'm like oh I want to be on, I want to be on the other side um sometimes but I do hope to you know when I am on a show again that I will be directing I want to be on every side of this business and I only want to take the roles as an actor for a long time I've just been feeling so ready to only take roles that I feel really inspired by you know I, I maybe this isn't true for every actor but i really, i've done well financially just because i've kind of said yes to a lot of different opportunities and kept the ball rolling kept the flow going yeah. and yeah. Uh, then i got pregnant and i had this movie that i'd been spending time writing and producing and not having acting be the only thing in yeah. my life so yeah. I don't feel I don't feel shocked by it at all. I feel liberated. Yeah. That's fantastic. You have such a, a, a spiritual take on this, and it's it's very heartwarming, and it's great for us to hear, especially as a creator and a producer, and and uh, being in the middle of a project. I don't know if you want to call it advice for you know the people that are listening that range from you know PAs to producers to actors, but having this project kind of in limbo, how do you see? Mm-hmm. How do you see kind of handling that over the next few months where, you know, for other people, you know, it's it's maybe it feels like their lives are in limbo or something's on pause. You actually have this this project that is yours mm-hmm. and it's on pause. How are you mm-hmm. planning to kind of deal with that and move forward when we don't know if it's going to be two months or six months or eight mm-hmm. months until you're kind of back up and running and can see the, the light at the end of the tunnel? What, what's your thinking on that? What would you share to people? It's like the great yeah. test, the great yeah. test staying in the moment. Now, what are we like five days in yeah. or something like less, yeah. less than a week? So right now I feel hopeful and right now I'm making the best of it. And, but in terms of advice to people, I, I wouldn't know where to begin because I think every person's experience is vastly different. You know, so, so many people are hand to mouth, so many people on cruise, you know, they, they really do Mm -hmm. need the work. Um, they're going paycheck and I don't know what to say about that experience. I think the beautiful thing is that if you are somebody who's part of this circus, if you are somebody that's, um, you know, making sets their family and that, you know, jumping from one life to another life and that, that you already have that kind of creative spirit right. and that capacity to go with the flow, the capacity to just roll up your sleeves and do the work that's available to you in the moment. I think that's what is going to help people in this industry survive. It's just that we have that um, spirit, basically. So I don't know what the jobs will be, but I certainly know that culturally and in our communities, we do um, need each other. So as long as everybody stays present and open to how they can be of service. I mean... (laughs) 
<laughs> Give me goosebumps. <laughs> You're right when you say um, we have those personalities already because we're freelance people working in this field. So we already have the the survival tools to make it happen. So just point that towards what's going on. Stay present and bring all of keep bringing all your gifts. And the hope is that we'll be surprised by our own leadership, like how each individual steps into these circumstances with all that we are, you know, like we're forced to go within right now. That's it. Nobody knows what's going on. This is sort of like the great equalizer. Like who are you going to be? Because it's not me and my movie right now. It doesn't (laughs) fucking matter right now. (laughs) What matters? You know, I'm, I'm showing up and I'm like cleaning my <laughs> floors properly and doing the laundry so that my child's blankie isn't, you know, outside on the page. It's, they're different, it's right. different priorities, different things matter. And, but there's, there's art in all of it. There's beauty in all of it. And there's certainly yeah. spirit, you know, to be shared. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys both. Thank you. Be safe. All right. Special thanks to Sarah Carter for her time. Uh, she has such a spiritual take on all of this. It's really inspiring to hear that. It is. It's refreshing, too. I mean, it's not uh, it's inspirational and positive, but in a way that uh, makes you feel like you can do this. I mean, like she said, I really do think that we the reason why we're in this field, we are creative um, people and um, or we're creative people wranglers, as I like to say. And (laughs) we're built to weather this type of thing because we're used to adapting. That, I think, was a very important point that she made. And she also said this is the great equalizer. And I I can get behind that as well. It's a good one. We're getting this recurring theme. And I want to point it out that she, you know, all of a sudden our worlds have become instantly smaller, right? We're caring about our neighbors. We're caring about the floor being clean. Yes. You know, we're caring about all these little things that we've taken for granted. Mm -hmm. Maybe not taken for granted, but just just don't acknowledge on our day-to-day busy lives and so the same thing with you know what we were saying about the marketing messages will get smaller support your local restaurants support your local businesses and i think through that this experience like she said can make us stronger and bring us a bit closer together and there's art and beauty in that and that was kind of my big takeaway from that from that conversation it was a very special interview yes it was All right, Christian, I think that's about it for today. But everyone, I want to mention again the links on our website at ProducersHappyHour.com. Yes, two of them are petitions to implore the government to include film industry and event industry crews in financial relief packages. And the third is a form letter for you to send to your state officials asking them to include freelancers in financial assistance programs. So get to work, people. It'll take you all of 10 minutes. All right, everybody, stay safe, stay connected, stay active. And please stay home. Stay home. Stay home. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, reach out to us. You're home. Anyway, come on, do it. Yeah. And don't forget to wash your hands for 20 seconds and don't touch your face, please. I've tried very hard through this not to, and I think I'm doing better. But you know who you are, you face touchers (laughs) out there. Knock it off. Sister Christian Nation, here we go. (laughs) Be sure to send us your voice recordings and emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Christian, how can people get a hold of you directly? SisterChristianProduces.com. And Lawrence, how can people get a hold of you? LawrenceTLewis.com or for voiceover, voiceoflawrence.com. 
All right. See you tomorrow, guys. Bye.